Due to the pandemic, many employees were furloughed or quit due to the great resignation or, as I call it, the great opportunity. However, new leaders had to step into positions of authority, which makes them suddenly in charge. But do they have the tools to succeed? Let's talk about it. What you really need to do is manage your boss so that you can get the resources you need so that your team can be successful. And, you know, that could be starting out to figure out decoding what kind of boss that you have. Um, bosses come in all different shapes and sizes and, and approaches to leadership. Uh, some bosses uh, like to know all the details. And then there are others that just want the facts. Hey, greetings, leaders, and welcome to another episode of Leadership is Podcast. This is season three, episode 19, with my special guest, Roberta Matcheson. And we're talking about suddenly in charge. Roberta Matcheson is the talent maximizer. For more than 25 years, Roberta Matcheson, president of Matcheson Consulting, has helped leaders in highly regarded companies, including General Motors, New Balance, and Microsoft, and small to medium-sized businesses achieve dramatic growth and market leadership through the maximization of talent. She's the author of six books, including the recently released Can We Talk? Seven Principles for Managing Difficult Conversations at Work. Also, Evergreen Talent, How to Seed, Cultivate, and Grow a Sustainable Workforce, and the international bestseller, Suddenly in Charge. Hey, welcome, Roberta. Well, thank you so much for having me. Besides what I just stated there about you, uh, you know, who are you? know, Can you tell us more of who you are and what you do? Well, I help organizations attract top talent that will stick around. And I do this by helping them create the kind of workplace where employees love to work and customers love to do business. And you and I both know that, you know, people don't work for companies, they work for people. And so, so much of the work that I do really is about helping organizations develop their people into what I call magnetic leaders. And those are the kinds of leaders that, you know, have a lot of stickiness People will stay with them because they're such great leaders. Um, and they will also, these leaders are able to easily attract talent. So that's just it in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. What, what got you started uh, into doing this? You know, like what's, what's, what's your driving force behind, you know, uh, Roberta Madison uh, doing this, this talent, this talent work, this talent work. Well, I started out when I was 24 years old, I was suddenly in charge. And um, I was, you know, one day I came into work and found out that my boss had been fired. And I did what any other 24 year old would do. Uh, at least I thought that was the case. I asked for her job. And they actually gave it to me. Mm. And, you know, it spent six years, um, probably making a lot, a lot of mistakes. And when I wrote the book, Suddenly in Charge, I did that because I didn't want anyone else to go through or be subject to a boss like I probably was. And so over the years, obviously matured, um, grew into my leadership roles, um, having worked in many different corporate environments, and then made the decision 25 years ago that I could help a lot more people if I 
started my own practice. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, you know, my uh, third uh, book, which was uh, Leadership is 10 Principles of Success for the First Time Manager. I wrote that book almost exactly for the same reason that not so much as me um, volunteering, you know, for a leadership position. Essentially, I did, but I was kind of thrown into a leadership position with no mentoring and no coaching. And, you know, of course, you know, there are several mistakes uh, that I made in that as well. And so um, and I wrote a book to kind of help you know, some of those who are, as you call it, so eloquently, suddenly in charge um, mm-hmm. to navigate through that learning curve. So I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful for people like you and the insight that you have. Now, in your um, book here, you talk about um, suddenly in charge. You talk about, you know, managing up or managing your boss, you know, what, what does that mean? Like, how, how does a, how does a person do that? Got to share that with us, please, if you don't mind. Well, they have to buy the book. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a, a, you know, the book suddenly in charge because the book is on managing up, managing down, succeeding all around. So if your listeners are, you know, today thinking, well, I'm not a manager, I don't need this book. um, Just read the other half. Okay. Because What you really need to do is manage your boss so that you can get the resources you need so that your team can be successful. And, you know, that could be starting out to figure out decoding what kind of boss that you have. Um, Bosses come in all different shapes and sizes and and approaches to leadership. Uh, Some bosses uh, like to know all the details. And then there are others that just want the facts. And if you start, you know, funneling in lots and lots of facts to a boss who just wants to know the bottom line, um, you're going to find that that's going to be very frustrating for the boss as well as for you. So really trying to figure out what kind of boss that you have and then looking at ways that you can make their life easier so that you're looked upon more favorably. And, you know, it's not about scoring brownie points. It's just doing a great job of managing your boss, again, so that when you ask for things for your team, your boss is very agreeable and says, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's So tell us something. What is your actual definition of leadership? Well, I don't know if I have a particular definition. I think it's sometimes one of those things like I'll know it when I see it. (laughs) I think a lot of times I look at things and I'm like, wow, that is not leadership as opposed to strong leadership. But, um, you know, there are many examples of of great leaders and, um, you know, we see them every day. Although sometimes we have blinders on because we come across so many poor leaders So, you know, those are people who are moving the organization forward, right? They're moving their teams forward. They're investing in their team's development. They're people who are more concerned about how their people are being treated than how they're being treated. I mean, those are some signs to me of great leaders. And then they're also, as I wrote in the book, The Magnetic Leader, uh, great leaders are very authentic. Um, you know what you get all the time. And they're also very transparent. You never have to say, well, really? Is that what they meant? Or uh, are they just giving me the corporate line? Right, right, right. Yeah, 
that's that's excellent. So we're going to go. We're going to come back. We're going to revisit. You know, the Sutton in charge. That's the the subject for today. Uh, keys for new leaders to succeed. Um, however, I want to dip into your can we talk. <laughs> You know, want want to go into that a little bit. You know, so what is that book? You know, really. Okay, common sense would kind of tell me what it's about, uh, and anyone just looking at the title. But I really want to dive into your mind and you know explore what what is the benefit of can we talk in a corporate, even nonprofit environment? You know, how what is what is behind can we talk? Well, you know, many of us put off these difficult conversations and and we do so because, you know, we're either conflict avoidant or we really just don't know how to start these conversations or we're concerned about, you know, how somebody may react. And when I wrote this book, um, you know, whenever you write a commercially published book, you have to put together a competitive analysis and you have to look at other books out there that might be in your lane, so to speak. And what I found most interesting as I was doing my research is that I really couldn't find any books on difficult conversations that covered not just, um, oh, you're a boss and you have to have this difficult conversation with one of your people. I couldn't find anything that covered oh, you have to have a difficult conversation with your boss or you have to have one of these challenging conversations with a peer. And so I, what I have done in this book that really sets the book apart from other books out there is to make sure that my readers are able to get the scripts and um, get the information that they need to have these healthy conversations up, down, and across the organization. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's so does it also explore the, you know, yeah, the peer to peer, you know, kind of conversations that have to be held as well. And, and what I'm thinking of in terms of, you know, how to uh, how to how to how to clean a toxic culture, in other words. And so, yeah, how does that book, you know, address that issue? Well, it definitely has um, a lot of pragmatic tips on how to have these difficult conversations with your peers. Um, But, you know, you and I have talked um, offline about toxic cultures. And, you know, as sad as it is to think, I said to you in one of our interactions, (laughs) it's really not your job to fix a toxic culture. Um, Cultures are a, a shared set of beliefs and culture is formed at the top. And unless you are the CEO um, or maybe even you know, one of the people on the senior executive team, you have very little influence over the culture in the organization. Now, that being said, companies also have what we call subcultures. And that might explain why if you go onto like Glassdoor and you're reading all these glowing reviews about a company and those people you all of a sudden see are all working in sales. And then you look at reviews that aren't so favorable and like people are crying basically. Um, and maybe those people are working in customer service. Like it could be two different cultures within a culture. And so as a leader, you certainly have the ability to influence how things will be, how people will feel in your part of the organization. <clears throat> but you're not going to be able to fix the quote-unquote 
toxic work environment that is um, all too common in many companies. Yeah, 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 understood, understood. So, all right, so how do you, okay, so as it, so what is leadership's then responsibility as it relates to, you know, the culture? Like, how does, how does a culture become toxic, you know, if uh, the leader is present, or maybe it's because the leader isn't present, you know? But, yeah, I think the nail on the head you know the leader isn't present or the leader is conflict avoidant <clears throat> or the leader isn't willing to make tough decisions like hey we got one bad apple here and this person is spreading gloom and doom throughout um but they're my top salesperson so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna remove them um you know or there are so many steps in the organization you know maybe all these steps that you have to take in order to release the employee that the manager says, you know what, it's not worth it. I'll never get through these steps. So mm -hmm. it's about avoiding <clears throat> these tough conversations, right? Because yeah. they could go to their boss and say, we need to fix these practices. It's ridiculous that it takes us nine months to move somebody out of here when we know that no matter what we do, they're never going to get to the place we need them to be at. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Could you uh, give our audience, um, you know, from your book, Suddenly in Charge, you know, a, a new manager coming in, uh, you know, fresh, uh, you know, w wet behind the ears and just has absolutely no real leadership background. Can you give that leader three tips on how to succeed as a new leader? Yes. Um, the first tip is don't worry about the tactical part of your job. Like, you know, so many of us, myself included, you know, I was so busy worrying about the tactical piece, like, oh, I've never done this before. Well, how do I do this? How do I do that? Right. And I don't want to look bad um, that I forgot to manage up. I forgot to spend time really building relationships. And so as a leader, your role is not to be able to do all the work, nor should you be doing the work. You should be able to oversee the work. And in order to get the best out of your people, my second tip is you really need to, um, you know, work on relationship building. And you can't do that if you're at your desk, you know, running numbers all day, right? And then <laughs> the third tip is, you know, hire well, hire really, really well. Because if you hire great people, your life will be so much easier. You won't be spending countless hours fixing mistakes and trying to manage people out of the organization. So if you don't know how to hire, um, there are a lot of courses on LinkedIn learning that if you, if you have access to that, you could take, um, you know, I teach in organizations, uh, people how to select for success. And, you know, that's really life changing for people because they're like, Oh, I finally know why I'm asking these questions and I'm making much better hiring decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So for a new leader, you know, um, what would be considered a, a good relationship? You know, how does that relationship work? What does it look like um, for a new leader, you know, in building a relationship? Like uh, what are some of the, I guess, expectations on, on both parts um, that would be there? You know? Well, it's all about trust, right? Because yeah you don't do things if you don't trust somebody. So it's really about building trust. 
And it's so simple to build trust, yet we, we don't do it. And, you know, for me, it's about, you know, doing what you say you'll do. If you tell an employee, I will get back to you on Wednesday, and you don't have an answer on Wednesday, you don't wait and maybe get back on Thursday or Friday. You, you know, send them a message or you call them in and you say, hey, I don't have an answer, but I'm working on it and I hope to have one on Friday. And if you don't have it on Friday, you go back and you say, you know, I'm trying, um, you know, Sally's been out. I can't get the answer yet, but I haven't forgotten you. Let me circle back with you on Tuesday, right? And you just do what you say you're going to do. If you tell an employee they're, that, you know, they're on the track for a promotion and a promotion comes up, you don't hire someone from the outside, you know? So it's yeah. not that complicated. Yeah, that's awesome. See, yeah, because that, that, builds, that builds that trust. Uh, they're saying, well, at least they're reaching out to me. Uh, at the times that they say they will reach out to me, even though they don't have the answer, they're still keeping their word as it relates to, you know, when they're reaching out to me. So, yeah, that's awesome sauce, as my daughter would call it. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome sauce. So uh, anything else that you would like for our audience to know about you and the work that you do and, you know, how to help um, organizations to succeed, how to help you know, new leaders uh, to succeed? Anything else that you would like to share with us? Yeah, I mean, the most valuable thing that my boss when I was 24 years old did for me was he gave me the gift of an executive coach. And, you know, I mean, when you're 24, you think you know it all, but you, you really don't. I can say that because in looking back, I realized how many mistakes I made, but I would have made a lot more mistakes had he not given me an executive coach. And so if you're just starting out and you're suddenly in charge or you're a new leader or you're feeling a little unsteady, I would strongly suggest that, you know, you ask the organization if they're willing to invest in a coach for you. And if they're not, make that investment yourself, <clears throat> because that could be life changing, you know, as it was for me. And that's where I really see the impact. Um, companies reach out to me about, you know, coming in and doing, quote unquote, a training. And I say, you know, I'm happy to come in and do a training. But, you know, the bottom line is when we leave, very little is going to change. So it's really about making sure that, you know, if you're in an organization and you're responsible for um, leadership at the top of the organization, making sure that you develop your people and you have a real plan to do that and not just say, okay, everyone gets $99 a year. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. 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 Okay. Uh, Roberta Madison, we definitely thank you for being a guest on the leadership is podcast. Can you tell our audience uh, how they can get copies of your book and uh, you know, and contact information? Sure. Um, well, my books are available anywhere people like to buy books, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Goodreads, uh, you know, they're in audio, uh, Kindle, whatever you prefer. Uh, you can also reach out to me at Roberta at Matchison, M-A-T-U-S-O-N consulting.com. Uh, or you can send me an invite on LinkedIn and just say that you were listening to this podcast. So I know who you are. And we can connect there as well. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much, Roberta Matcheson. We really appreciate you. It's been a plum pleasing pleasure, as I heard one of my friends say, uh, being a guest on the Leadership Is podcast. And just know that this door is always open for you. Uh, anytime that you would like to come on here, you know, we can coordinate that. Uh, but thank you for accepting my invitation to be a guest on the Leadership Is podcast. Well, it's my pleasure. And thank you. Hey, thank you so much for enjoying another episode of Leadership Is Podcast with my special guest, Roberta Matchison of Matchison Consulting. And she gave us three excellent leadership tips. Number one, she says, is don't worry about the tactical piece. Don't worry about the tactical piece, right? So inundated with how and what, you know, don't worry about that part, right? Just get into, you know, being the leader. Number two, she says, build relationships, building relationships. And so you really have to pay attention as a leader. Uh, what are the building blocks of this relationship that you're building? What is in fact the foundation that you're building this relationship on, right? Then the third tip she gave us is hire well or hire great people, right? Here at JM Leadership Development, you know, what we talk about as it relates to hiring is not hiring perfection, but hiring potential, right? And, and so, so that's what I take that as, is hiring well. You're hiring people who make room for growth and development in the organization, right along with those that are committed to the KPIs and the core values of your organization. So, uh, Roberta Matcheson, thank you so much for your excellent tips. Uh, once again, here at, leadership, uh, at JM Leadership Development, pardon me, our primary goal is to assist your organization to fill or build your leadership bench. If you would like to have a more conversation, a deeper conversation on how we can help you with that, don't hesitate to reach out 828-333-7234 or you can send us an email at thejasonamohammed at gmail.com. And always remember, leadership is influence and service.